welcome to everyone. If you are a guest, a visitor, first time, or guest that's been before, we welcome you back tonight. Thank you for being in service with us tonight. If you're watching us online, wherever you are, we welcome you into this service as well. We give honor to our bishop and mother Wright tonight. And um, as most of you are aware, they're ministering in Singapore. I know a lot of you have seen, uh, particularly through Facebook, I know a lot of you have been uh, as best you can when it works, uh, watching some of the call to war sessions Bishop's doing, and lots been lots of good chatter on Facebook about all of that. So uh, continue to keep them in your prayers. Um, the schedule says the 18th, so I don't know exactly when he finishes that part, and Um, but continue to be in prayer for them. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to read in just a moment. But um, Actually, I'll read now, but you can stay seated. I'll turn my... uh, Thank you, sir. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11 says this, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And I am... Continuing tonight under the banner of mending the nets, going to not uh, same material, different material, but really under that banner. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And the majority of you here tonight can quote the next verse by memory. It's one of those Known verses, so join with me. You can. I won't know that you're looking at the screen instead of me if you want to cheat. But I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The word strengtheneth there, just as a side note really, the word means to empower according to Strong's. According to Thayer's, it means to make strong, to endure with strength, to strengthen. And I point that out simply for this reason. It's, there, there is that I can tell in all honesty, transparency, there's not that I see a connection in the Greek word between this word strengthen and then in, in Corinthians that I preached here in Arnold Sunday night about grace. There, I don't see a connection between those words in the Greek, but, but the meaning of this word and the implication of this word, I feel like ties into that, especially in the way that Weiss translation talks about grace, or excuse me, power in the moment. So Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, who endues me with strength, empowers me with strength. Aren't you glad tonight that we can do all things through Christ? Amplified version, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned not to be for I have learned how to be content. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. If you have achieved living there, God bless you. But I gotta tell you, I'd love to get there, and I'm striving to get there. How awesome to not be disturbed or disquieted no matter what the circumstances. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straightened circumstances. Anybody? I'm trying to do more than just talk tonight. I talked last week, so y'all can help me out a little bit. Anybody know what it's like to be humbly in straightened circumstances? I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I don't know how to do that. I've never been there, but 
<laughs> I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And the Message Bible, bear with me please, I know I'm reading a little bit, but I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. And lastly, the New Living Translation. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We have been so blessed in the last couple of years by professional athletes to be exposed to the great truths of the Word of God. Most, one of the most notable to me is a couple of years ago, we were so blessed by Reverend Ray Lewis as he introduced the world to the concept that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm pretty sure when Isaiah felt led to write that NFL and the Super Bowl, the uh, NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl had absolutely nothing to do with that. I'm also pretty sure that there were probably some people on the opposing teams that Ray Lewis played that were also believers who also felt like they had the right to state that no weapon formed against them would prosper. Apparently, Ray had a little bit of an inside track that season because it all kind of worked out well for him. <laughs> If, if, you, if, you, if you're a college football fan at all, if you're any kind of a college football fan over the last, uh, I don't know exactly how many years, decade or less, I think, if you're any kind of a college football fan, you're not unfamiliar with this. The great Tim Tebow and his uh, showing the world, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Through Christ. Now I am not, don't, don't get upset with me, I'm not here to make issue with Tim Tebow and I'm not, that's not my point. There is a, first of all, there's a context to this verse. And if you read the previous two verses that I read, the way this sort of gets applied is a little bit out of context because what I'm sort of gathering, and maybe you have a different understanding, and if, if, if it is different and you, 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 you see it another way, I'm, I'm open to your opinion. But, but what this implies to me is, when, I'm, when, when I see this, what he's saying is, I can win this game, man. I got what it takes to throw passes. I got what it takes to run. I got to take what it... I, I can, through Christ, I can win. And what we do... Not hating on Tim Tebow, because what we do is we use that verse a lot of times the same way. It's our ace and I can do all things through Christ. I want you to, I want you to remember, now actually stay with me because I'm getting ready to use it in that context. I just want you to know that's not totally the right context. 
So before I use it out of context, I want you to know it's out of context. <laughs> he says, I know how to, I know how to be, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. What he was saying was, the all things I can do means whatever circumstances I am in, I can make it in those circumstances. It's not my magical formula to win and succeed. I can do all things through Christ. It's not, it, it's not for me to just throw out there as this great declaration. I can do anything. I can do all things is I can live being abased and I can live abounding. I can live with a good attitude and spirit with pain in my body. I can live with a good attitude and spirit totally healthy. I can live with a good attitude and spirit where at the end of every month the balance is down to about zero and I can live with a good attitude and spirit if at the end of the month there's still a couple of thousand or a couple of hundred thousand left in the bank. I can do all things. I can go through any circumstance, situation that God leads me through through Christ who empowers me, who endues me. So now that I've gone on that few moments of rant, let me come back to how we kind of use it because I don't know, I'm not say, I'm not here tonight to make a stand that, that, that the context we have a tendency to use it at is, is absolutely wrong and throw it out. I can do all things through Christ. So let's just say, can we agree that we can use it to a, in, 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 in the proper context in that application? I can do all things. That means, there's nothing within reason. I'm not about to like jump off here and try to fly. I don't mean that. I can do all things. I can't remember if it was yesterday morning or Tuesday morning, but in the half-and-awakened state, or the state of waking up and still sort of being asleep, I, I, I want, I'm going to ask you that this is... I think this is tweetable material, I think. So... I don't want you to tweet it, but I am going to ask you, if you're taking notes or if you've got a device and you ever take notes, I want you to write this statement down. I can do all things through Christ, but Christ won't do all things through me. Let that sink in for a moment. I can do all things through Christ. But Christ will not do all things through me. And I'm not talking right now in the context of behavior and choices, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the context of, of, of ministry and giftings and abilities and flow and anointing and all of that. I can do all things through Christ, because whatever Christ calls me to do, He empowers me. He gives me strength in that moment. But just because I can do everything through Him, He will not do everything He can do through me. So my title tonight is The Gift of Limitations. Because some of us are trying to live without limitations. I can do all things through Christ. And that means Christ is going to do all things through me. If you imply that in the right context, that's a great, encouraging, exciting thing. But if you use that in the wrong context, there's a lot of pressure in that.
You know what? It's not my job to get Christ to do all things that He can do through me. Here's the problem we have. I will never be content until I accept my limitations. I can never be content in my walk with God. I can never be content in my ministry until I accept that I have limitations. There are some things that are God-given limitations that is not my responsibility to break those limitations and become something else. God placed those on me. Let me, let me give you this scripture as some context to that, perhaps. Matthew 25 and 14 says this, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to, an, and to another one one. To every man, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. The Amplified says this, To one he gave five talents, probably about $5,000, to another two, to another one. And to each in proportion to his own personal ability. Then he departed and left the country. Five, two, one. If you read the whole parable, if you read the whole story, and you read what's said, there was no point that Jesus ever made about what did the five talent guy do, or, or excuse me, what did the one talent guy do to become a two talent guy, and how did the two talent guy turn himself into the five talent guy? That was nothing to do with what Jesus was saying. The point of the story was, the point of the parable was, what did you do with the talent you were given? I'm just going to tell you, I, I, you know, I, I used to think I was just this pretty conservative, whatever kind of guy, and there's some things that have been going through my mind lately that seem to be a little bit out of the box, and I, I'm afraid I might mess with some people's thinking or whatever, but until somebody can prove me that it's, I'm outside of the Word of God and I'm wrong, I'm, I'm going to go with what I think God is talking to me and telling me, as long as it doesn't contradict Scripture. And now I forgot why I was saying all that. Oh, I do now. There are some folks that are greatly anointed... And God used, and they got, but, but they also have just a, a, they have an incredible human natural brain. And I realize they can apply it in a way and give God credit and glory, and that's all well and good. But let me, I just got to tell some people that are smarter than I am. There's some people that got better memories than I got. My job is not to become you. Your job is not to become me or somebody else. My job is what is the talent God has given me? And the very fact that God has given me, He handed them a finite talent, man. I'm not expecting you to do more. I've got some expectations for you. Again, there was, there was no, the issue was not with the one talent guy. The issue wasn't that he was only a one talent guy and couldn't do what the five talent guy was. The issue was he took what he had, 
perhaps because it seemed to be insignificant and he buried it and did nothing with it. He didn't lose the talent because he didn't perform like the five-talent guy. He lost the talent because he didn't accept. You know what? I'm not five talents. I've only got one, but I'm going to do what I can do with the one. I, I got to tell you, I, and, and I, I, I hope it came out by what I said, and so it's not just... It, it's been a long time since I've been challenged by anybody the way the last couple of weeks and Brother Dennis Sharman has challenged me. I mean that abs with all sincerity. People get to the end of their lives and there's all these great accolades and accomplishments and all this, this, this out front stuff they did. And, and you listen and not only to church people that got up and spoke, but you listen to co-workers and you listen, you listen to a man that never... He, he did stand in the pulpit actually a time or two in the smaller sanctuary. Uh, at least two times he stood there to present me with birthday gifts, and I think he's presented my wife and perhaps others, but never preached, never sang, never wasn't up there, I wasn't out front. And yet the lives that he impacted and the way in which lives were touched by him. We, we have, we have, I'm trying, if you're not getting it, I'm trying to help some of you. Do this tonight. We have this tendency. We have this tendency that if you if you can do this and you're good here, we probably need to get you here. And if you're really talented and gifted in this and you're really faithful in this, we probably need to elevate you to the next thing. And a lot of us live under stress and pressure because we can't be content with where I am and the limitations God's placed on me because either my expectations, others' expectations, or at least what I imagine others' expectations of me to be, I'm constantly trying to get bigger and better. If I've been given two talents, my job is to do what I can with two talents. I've said it. I don't know if you think I'm just being facetious. If it's if it's whatever it is, there there I may I try to say it facetiously, but there is an element of sincerity in it and seriousness. There are times guys come here and preach, and by the time the weekend is over, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I got to preach next weekend. I I'm sitting there and I'm on the edge of my seat. You. If you know me, I love preaching. I love preaching. I love hearing preaching. I love good preaching. If that bothers you, I'm sorry. You love good movies, good books. I love good preaching. My good preaching does a lot more for me than your good book or your good movie does for you. So, sorry, that was all flesh. That was. I sit there and I'm like. I, you, you know, I've, I've said it, I've taught it, I've preached it, I've shared it in burdening my heart and ministry over the last 20 years. From the time I was a kid and felt like I was called to preach, I wanted to be a preaching machine. That was, that was one of my number one goals. I want to be a preaching machine. I want to, I want to walk out of church and I want people to go, my God, that's a preaching machine. I don't really want that anymore. I've worked really hard to kill that, but there's still somewhere way down inside, there's still a little bit left that wants to be a preaching machine. 
I've become more and more comfortable the last five, eight years or so with Thursday nights and Monday nights and teaching. If I have my preference, though, I just I want the microphone in my hand and I just want to get with it and I want to preach and I don't want to produce a bunch of <gasps> fake <laughs> all of that, but I want to get with it. That's just that's what I like to do. That's what I want to do. And I realize a lot of you are very mature to the point you don't compare yourselves among yourselves and you never judge yourself by yourself. You worship people that leave worship, you never compare yourself to Sister Trish or Jalen or whatever and Mother Wright and all. I understand that. You guys are all good and content. Nobody ever sees Mars on the drums going crazy like Animal from Sesame Street and is at all intimidated by that. It just, nobody bothers. It doesn't bother anybody else. Y'all do that with your stuff. Let me do it with my stuff. I'm telling you, I've sat before God many occasions. Guy, I'm like, you know what? I know you're supposed to be. I invited you. I can't blame anybody else for you being here. I'm the one that asked you to come. I got to follow you next week. I hope everybody has short memory. I want you to all remember what I preached, but I hope they have real short memory from this Sunday to next Sunday. I'm not over that, but I will tell you tonight, I've made a whole lot more peace with that. And while I've sat there and gone, man, I I can't do that, I've also gone, you know what? I just got to be me. I've got to do with what God has given me. We are a church that believes, at least I think we are a church that all, pretty much all believe in the, in the gifts of the Spirit, in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. I am a, I am a believe, I, I think I believe in it all as much as anybody else. I believe in, in, the, in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. I believe in prophecy. I believe in visions. I believe that people see things. I believe I have never seen one thing in the spiritual realm in my 44 years of life. Some of you all, God talks to you in dreams. God doesn't need to waste his time with me in dreams because I dream literally almost every single night and it has nothing spiritual to do. I am not waking up in the morning trying to figure out what God was saying because most of it I can pinpoint stuff that happened the day before or a couple days before and it was all crazy stuff based on all of that. It got nothing to do with God. I just, I dream, I dream. Can God speak to me in a dream? Does God speak to people in dreams? I believe that. That's just a very simple example of what I'm trying to say. I can do all things. I I believe God can read your mail through me. Forty-four years has not really ever happened, at least in the way, you know, one of them guys walking around and feel it. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not making fun. I'm using, I'm not making fun. Not. If you take it that way, you're miss, you're miss, because I believe it. I like watching it. (laughs) I know all y'all don't, you're not like that, but I, I, I'm like, man, that's cool, man. Walk in here and stand somebody up they don't know and they start going down the list. Good stuff. Because very, very, very rarely does something like that happen where it's a revealing of bad stuff because that's not the way God works. Call somebody out, prophesy to them stuff they they don't even know idea about that's been going on and tell them what God, that is. I would love to do that. 
you've been, you've been this and that, and, and then go. I know none of y'all think that way. I know none of y'all think that way. Pray for me. Can God do, does absolutely. Angie had a guy call her out and tell her her name. I mean, it didn't know her, told her her name. She knew her name. She didn't, she didn't have to tell her her name. Some of you had that experience. Brother Hood prophesied the Kimbrels, and I mean, just apparently that was not in the bag of talents I was given. And what I've missed for about 20 plus years or less, I've learned it a lot the last couple of years. What I've missed for 20 something years of my ministry to most first 20 years, hard to believe that there's more than 20 years of my ministry. I can't be that old. First 15 years. <laughs> I struggled because that never happened. And then finally it dawned on me one day, Brother Simpson, when somebody walks up to me after a church service and I preached a message to everybody and didn't call anybody out, and yet, Brother Jolin, that person says, Pastor, thank you so much. You just got through saying some exact things that I was asking last night and questions I had, and you just went right down the list. I started going, I can do this if he wants me to do this. But apparently he's not going to do that. He's just going to do this. Am I, am, am, am I the only one that's ever gone through the struggle of the pressure that I've got to become what you are or he is or she is rather than just, I got five talents, I got two, I got one talent. But if I got one talent, those of you that weren't at the, the memorial service for Brother uh, Dennis Sharman, Brother Bickley it was one of the, or he, I think he was the first one, actually, to make comments on behalf of family or friends and just totally stole all of my thunder. <laughs> Never done this before in a funeral, but I had a bag, and in that bag I had two things. The first time Brother Dennis Sharman ever presented me with a birthday gift, he gave me a rooster as a part of an object lesson. A rooster. Bishop's got all these grand, majestic eagles in his office. Some of you got lions and bears and tigers. I got a rooster. And I've got a rooster that for 10 years now has sat somewhere on display in my office because by the time he got done and gave what that rooster was all about, I took that rooster over an eagle any day for me. And I had that rooster. And the other thing I had was I had a box of tissues because Brother Dennis has been the guy, others help, but, but for years Brother Dennis is the one that makes sure Everybody turn around and look back at that empty track thing back there. That's about to be fixed. Don't worry about it. We're working on that. But I want you to see it. You know why it's empty back there? We came up here the day to, to film the, the, the midget skit for uh, Bishop's birthday party. And, and my wife looks over there and she goes, you can tell Dennis hasn't been here. Dennis never preached. Dennis never sang. Dennis never led worship. Dennis... Was ever a care group leader? Dennis never held any kind of leadership out front position, and yet there were various things 
that he accepted the talent given him by God and did it faithfully to the point there were some very high praises saying, or said about that man at his memorial service and the impact that he had. God has blessed you and I with limitations. And just because you can does not automatically mean you should. Selah. Add that to the tweets. Say it again. Just because you can is not an automatic indicator you should. In the process of mending our nets, and not only mending for repair, but also for the future of not busting them wide open again, we need to get this right here. Try to slow down and not force myself to get through all of this tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm asking ever. I know this is not... This is not revelatory in the sense of some brand new deep theological revelation, but it's revelatory. It's revelatory because there's a bunch of you that feel constant pressure to say yes because you can. I decided that I was not ever getting my CDL to drive a bus. You have to have a CDL. I was principal of Antioch Christian School. I worked in Antioch Christian School. I coached as a part of Antioch Christian School. Before Brother Spriggs was able to do what he's been such a blessing to this church to do for years, we had to find bus drivers. And there was a lot of times in the years gone by, bus drivers were at a premium. It was a stressful thing trying to figure out who could drive a bus. And I decided I was not going to get my CDL. Because there's a, it's a, you can, it, there's, it's, it, it's a whole lot easier to say I can't. Than to say no or I won't. <laughs> oh my word. I, I, I hope Bishop's not, I might be in, I might be out of a job by the time. By the time we get through mending nets, I might need mending. I will see. I determined, hey, if I can't, I can't. If I can and I don't want to, I may have to. So I'm just not. I could have easily gotten them. I could have, I, there were guys that could have trained me. I got to, I, I, I can, I can drive a 45 foot motor home pretty decent. Not about that. I'm not intimidated by the size, but I just, I didn't want to have to face the fact there might be times I really didn't want to do it and I wouldn't have a choice if I can, because if there ain't nobody else, I will. You gotta, you gotta, and whatever I'm saying tonight, said last week, may say in the future, don't you go taking me out of context, please. I'm not here tonight communicating, teaching, and trying to sow rebellion. That's not my point. My point is you and I gotta get the fact there are some times. Just because you have the ability or the gifting or the anointing does not mean you're automatically supposed to.
And some of you, you, you really don't stop to find out if God wants you to do it or not. You just know there's a need, I have the ability, and since there's a need and I have the ability, I guess I'm supposed to do it. And so you go do it, and you're, you're going, I'm going I'm to, oh my word. It, <clears throat> it is not the will of God, I, I, I guess I'll say it that strong, I believe it that strong, so I'll say it that strong. If I'm wrong, it is not the will of God for you to be going every available hour of your day free outside of work time where you don't really have much control over some of that. It's not the, it's not the will of God for you to be constantly involved in ministry stuff seven nights a week. It is not the will of God. Exactly how many nights you and Jesus ultimately got to work out, but I am going to tell you, every single night is not the case. And if you got a family and you're, you're going straight from work, straight to ministry, three or four nights a week, and never connecting with your family and never got time, that is not the will of God. We do go through seasons. There are seasons we go through that are busier than other times. I'm not, I understand that. There are some times and seasons we go through. But as an overall continual pattern, that is not the will of God. And you gotta learn there are some things that just because you can does not mean you're the one that should. There's some areas that that's a lot more challenging than others. Especially areas when it comes to things that require some, some skills and giftings. And Not everybody can play. We, we spent years at Antioch with a premium on a need for, for skilled musicians. Thankfully, the last several years especially... It seems like God has been blessing us with more and more people that play and are skilled and are gifted. And that's a we got situations right now we could use people. And actually there's some folks that have the ability that are not being used in that area. Because just because they can does not automatically mean... Matthew 4, 3. And when the tempter came to him... He said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Could Jesus turn stones into bread? Could Jesus jump down off of a mountain and get caught by the angels? Absolutely, He could. But He also understood, just because I can doesn't mean I automatically do it. Not only does He give me a set amount of talent, but He's also got some expectations and some guidelines and some parameters on how He expects me to use them. And so just because I have it doesn't mean I'm supposed to run around all over the place giving it to everybody all the time. I've got to accept the fact there are some limitations and I've got to figure out. I may, the Lord willing, if I continue it all along these, this line, this, this theme, next week possibly, I, I may try to come back to this or, or try to touch on it. There are, some, there are some limitations that it seems like we have that God does expect. There are some things that we're supposed to push through. Some of that may be 
more so in an area of just some uncomfortableness with some things I'm supposed to do, called to do. Because I believe there's also some limitations that God has placed upon me that I am never supposed to try to break through those limitations. I I don't care how hard you work, how long you try, I don't care how much you exercise, I don't care how well you eat, you, you, you can be the most healthy, eating person in the world. You can be the most physically fit person there is. You stand up on this pulpit and you jump off. You're going one way. There's a limitation called gravity. You see, isn't it amazing the only way to break God's God's laws is you have to have some kind of external created force to break it. You and I weren't created to fly. (laughs) Some of you believe that even with regards to an airplane. You and I have limitations that God... You and I have limitations that God placed on you can't fast enough i tell you something, if you are a healthy, single, young male, you can fast all you want to fast. God has wired some stuff in you, you can't fast out of you. All you can do is try to fast and make sure you got it under control and under subjection, but it's not the will, it's not the will of God for you to fast your attraction to women out of you. The will of God for you to make sure you have it in check and under control. Dear God, in 2016, please don't fast it out of you. Build it up, strengthen it. Lord Jesus. I don't know if I'll pronounce this last name right or not, but Peter Scazzaro says, the frightening truth is we can sometimes pass... Through, sorry for the typo, we can sometimes pass through our God-given limits and end up doing God's work without God. Y'all still here? We can sometimes pass through our God-given limits and end up doing God's work without God. God. Some of you have heard some of them. Some of you are fortunate and blessed that you really never have. It would blow your mind some of the stories of what men of God have fallen into in their lives. And, and I really, I don't even want to even whatever for some of you that are blessed to still be extremely naive. But the, the immoral things that would be done in a pastor's office right before he goes to a pulpit to preach and preach a message that people respond to and God moves and works and great things happen. The gifts and calling of God. (laughs) 
If we're not careful, and, I, and that's the extreme, I get that's the extreme, and I'm throwing the extreme out there, but that I'm, I'm throwing it out there to say if you and I aren't careful, we may not be quite that extreme, but if we're not careful, we might reach a point where we start lo- learning to do what God is supposed to do through us, but we can do it through ourselves. Take it however you want to take it. You give me about ten minutes to come up with a couple of scriptures. And if you don't have much spiritual discernment, I'll get up here and I'll preach to you and I'll get half of you on your feet. I'm sorry. I've been doing this since I was 18 years old. And I work really hard and I pray continually, God, don't let me forget, without you I can do nothing. I I don't know if you ever noticed, I say almost the same thing every time before I preach when I pray. That is not intended to be vain repetition and sometimes it bothers me for saying it over and over again. But one of the reasons I want to say it is I want to confess and remind myself that without you I can do nothing. And whatever you got to do to keep me reminded of that and let me know that without you I can do nothing, I want you to do that. Because I know there's a danger. I've not only been preaching for 20 plus years, 26 years I guess it is now, I've also been in this all my life. And I'm not the only one. There's there's several of you other guys. I, I know for a fact you do the same thing. You could get up here right now and turn it on, and without spiritual discernment, we think you were, my God, he's got a word from God. Woo! <laughs> and that's only a very limited aspect, because the majority of us, and even us preachers, that's only a very small portion of what we do. And if we're not careful, we can rely and depend upon ourselves and press through and do through our flesh what should be done through the Spirit. It happens when we break through the limitations that God has established for us. The man I just quoted in the book he wrote entitled The Emotionally Healthy Church, he shares this. Palmer, I'm not sure who that is, quotes the old Hasidic tale that points points out our tendency to want to live out someone else's life instead of our own and the ultimate importance of becoming one's self. Rabbi Zuzia, when he was an old man, said, In the coming world, they will not ask me, Why were you not Moses? They will ask me, Why were you not Zuzia? I know it's simple, but that's good. You're not going to stand before God and Him ask you why you weren't so-and-so. I, I, most of you know, those of you that, few of you may not, Angie and I were high school sweethearts. From halfway through high school, we were dating whatever dating was in high school. Attracted, liked each other, whatever. So... Once high school was over, we were pretty much dating steady. Everything we now teach young people not do with dating and relationships, we did. Fortunately, we stayed together and had not given our emotional attachments to... I I, I wasn't talking about all the physical stuff we tell you not to do. I was talking about dating, so just to be clear on that. (laughs) Uh, and, And so... 
we, we, we shared dreams, and, and I got to tell you, I, I don't know if I've ever publicly told this. I've shared this in a lot of personal situations. I don't know if I've ever publicly shared this. But she and I would sit and talk, and I didn't know at that point I'd be in this position or role. I did feel pretty confident. I was called into the ministry and felt pretty confident my life would be involved in full-time ministry in some aspect. And, and so... Uh, she had dreams and visions and burden and desire to do that. And so we'd sit and actually a couple times in conversations on, on her uh, work break at uh, Chevron or uh, in Annapolis. We'd sit in the car and we'd get into some of those conversations and talking about the future. And at that point in time, 18 and 19 years old, the plan was she was going to learn how to play the keyboard and because we were going to be a team just like my parents were a team. She had already at times taken some lessons before we got married. After we got married, she took lessons from a couple different people. And I mean, she was trying and she was working on it. And, and that's where we were going. And, and finally, we somehow, I don't even know how we got there, we came to the place. She, she finally stopped taking the lessons and stopped trying to learn how to play. And it wasn't, it wasn't very long after that that I decided, you know what, this is, this is right. And the reason this is right is because it was already, to me, going to be a challenge enough. I, obviously, I have to deal with it in one context, but it was also going to be, there's already enough of a challenge. But then also to try to do something very similar to what my mother has done for 40 years in this church would, would just add to the whole and I, I, I got, I mean, it, it's kind of neat to, you know, watch a couple work together like that. I'm not saying I'm opposed to that, but I also got real comfortable with the fact, you know what? She needs to do what she's supposed to do and be content with that. And there's no pressure to duplicate or fill shoes or walk in somebody else's shoes. And so it's been, I don't know how long <laughs> since she attempted to try to learn, and now we've got blessed with a couple of great keyboard players in the house that know how to play. I've taught it last year, and I haven't said anything about it in really the last couple of months in the midst of, or as I said last week, prior to my sickness, sort of a renewed kind of middle of January, that, that really sums up a lot of what's been going on in David Wright. Not senior pastor, but in David Wright. I'm not talking, this isn't, I don't, and maybe, it, I don't think you'd get, I don't think you'd think this, but this isn't, I don't, I'm not using this as some new age, whatever, becoming oneself. I'm, uh, this is in the context of you becoming the person that God intended you to be. Because when you get there and stand before God, nobody's going to ask you why you weren't somebody else. Nobody's going to ask you why you didn't do far above beyond what you were supposed to do. They're just going to know why, why weren't you you. The true vocation for every human being is, as Kierkegaard said, the will to be oneself. I think I've shared this before publicly in preaching. I won't call a name, but I had a man. We actually 
Brother Whaley was still finishing up the house in Harwood and there was an individual that was still helping work on that house a little bit. Angie and I lived in a, an apartment in my parents' house when we first got married, thanks to their kindness and graciousness. That was the only way we could afford to get married. And they had just built a house, and they were finishing up, and there was a man that was working on that house, used to be a part of the church, and I was, I think, just heading out to the car, and he stopped me, and he said, I, the Lord told me to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, the Lord told me to tell you this. You're supposed to follow your dad's footsteps, but not stand in his shadow. I have never forgotten that, obviously. I have never forgotten that. And I think in some way or other, we all face that challenge in our lives. To follow his footsteps, but then not be intimidated to be in somebody's shadow. And just to be who you are. Have you ever noticed something about a shadow? Most of the time, if you're in the right position, a shadow is always bigger than the person. Shadows can be kind of intimidating. And there's some of us that get greatly intimidated by some shadows we're in. First of all, God never intended you to be in that shadow. But second of all, the shadow is a lot bigger than what the reality of it is. The bottom line is, you and I have got to be who we're supposed to be. And secondly, do what we're supposed to do and not do what we're not supposed to do. There's a gift God has given every one of us in this place tonight. And it's the gift of some limitations. And I'm challenging some of you tonight Stop resisting and fighting and trying to break some of those God-given limitations and accept the blessing that they are intended to be in your life. I I wish I had the answer. Again, if the Lord wills, I'd like to try to delve into it for my own benefit. To understand what what are the difference between some things I'm supposed to I need to press through. I do need to press through. But I want want the ability to discern between what I'm supposed to press through and what I'm not supposed to press through. Because again, the things that I'm not supposed to press through, God did that for a very specific purpose. I'll say it again as I close. I can. I do believe the things that within the right context and and the right whatever, I can do all things through Christ. But I'm actually kind of relieved to know I'm not living under the pressure of He's going to do all things through me. Some of you will never, ever give tongues and interpretation Can God do it through you? Absolutely. If He doesn't, okay. Some of you will never, unless you sneak in, nobody's around, you will never stand up here and sing a solo. And we are not going to try to 
force you to become one. Have fun in the shower when it's loud. Nobody can hear you. Do it all. Do some folks a favor and don't mistake the fact because it sounds good in the shower. It sounds good everywhere else too, though. <laughs> Would you I, I, just right where you are? I'm not even going to ask you at this point to stand. I'm 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 done. Would you join with me? I I, I don't want to just shift gears, but. Before we dismiss, would you, would you take a moment right now and ask the Lord to help you? Would you ask the Lord to help you to apply the things that have been said tonight in your life? And Again, my hope is that some of you will leave this place tonight with a little less pressure that you came in with. Some of you will leave tonight and stop fighting some things you've been fighting and accept the fact that there are things that God purposely has placed in your life You're not supposed to break them. You're not supposed to change them. You're supposed to learn how to work with them. Father, help us tonight. God, I I confess again tonight that I believe we're in a very important season. I believe, God, that you're doing some things in our hearts and spirits in different ways and Sunday night in a different context than tonight perhaps, but there are some things you're doing. There's some mindsets, God, I believe you're wanting to adjust in some of us. There's some, there's some new perspective you're wanting to give us. I'm asking you to help us tonight, God. I believe that every person here tonight wants to be everything you want us to be. Many people sit here tonight, God, with dreams and desires and visions and hopes. Unfortunately, God, a few of those may be ones that we've created on our own and really didn't come from you. And We need you to help us. We need you to help us to understand the fact there are some limitations you've placed on us. There's some some talents you've given us, but then there's also some things you haven't given us that you've given others, and we're not living under the pressure and the responsibility to try to duplicate somebody else. Help us tonight, Jesus. God, I pray that you would help some of us that need a, a quietness to come to our spirits because we're having trouble hearing that still small voice because of all the noise and the voices and the pressures and the the stresses of life. Help us tonight, God. Help us in the next couple of days and weeks to be able to tune in to that still small voice that so gently guides and leads us if we allow it to, if we'll listen for it. Help us tonight, Father. Help us tonight. Pray, God, that you would continue a work of healing and refreshing and renewing, refreshing of minds, bodies, and spirits, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In this last moment or two, God, of this service, let there be a touch of your Spirit that would sweep into some hearts right now, Lord touch of your spirit that would change some minds and change some perspectives. Give some clarity, God. God, somebody that came in tonight stressed and confused and struggling with direction, perhaps struggling with direction because they're feeling the pressure to try to break past the limits you've set that maybe some of that direction comes from being willing to be content where I am, what I am, where you've placed me. Help us tonight, God. Help us to embrace rather than resist and fight the gift of the limitations you've placed in our lives. 
In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. I pray the rest of your week is blessed. In Jesus' name.